Geeks! Hello and welcome back to Geeks, Geeks. the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. We're still talking about Fright Fest. It's been a long day. Uh, this is the second part. If you want to understand what Fright Fest is and who the fuck we are, go listen to the first part. It's great. Um, jump in in the middle. Don't be that guy. Yeah, you don't want to be that person. Fucking but we're going to be talking... On presumably, what would you, if you just came to this one, what would you be coming for? We're going to talk about anything interesting. Just trying to see what if there's a big film that people might just listen to this one and not a different one. Uh, Maybe Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween. So that's gonna be the last thing we talk about, so you can have to wait around. Well, the Christmas yeah. horror story, maybe. Um, that was good. Yeah. So we are now into uh, Sunday at Fry Fest, the 30th of August. Our day kicked off. Um, sorry, just to clarify, around the table we've got uh, Katie Watson, we've got Thomas McCann, we've got Anna, we've got Russell, and we've got Christopher. And all you don't get to guess, you don't get <laughs> names. Like, fuck you all. I'm your host, Al White. Uh, we kicked off Sunday with what film? Road Games. Road, Road Games. Games. Another World French premiere. film. This is the world premiere. French film. Uh, again, more of a thriller than a horror film. I gave this a six. Six point five. I give it a six. And Chris, what would you give Road Games? Ooh. Oh, sorry. Hello? Chris was in the middle of a bathroom break, so... Yep, hello. <laughs> what would you give Road Games? Oh, Road Games. I would give that a seven. Seven. Yeah. Anna, what would you give Road Games? Oh, um, you've taken me off guard. I have. I've um, taken you off guard. You have. Um, <laughs> On six, to I guess. A six. Yeah. So we all felt exactly the same Basically, way. Basically, so let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Road Games was... Um, um, oh, how do you call it? I mean, it was one of those films about... Uh, well, actually, it's about uh, Hitchhiker's who end up being helped by an uh, uh, older man who takes him back to his uh, rather impressive estate to meet his wife. Um, After he's already met a very attractive and enchanting yeah. young French woman. Yeah, here we right? go. I was going to make sure that she <laughs> was someone, on your list because yeah, she was someone else amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's, you she's can guarantee a, yeah. if it's yeah, yeah. a European lady and she's volatile, she'll be on Tom's <laughs> <laughs> She was fantastic. I resent that implication. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Tom, how do you synopsize this? Right, so the, the, okay, so the film is, it's not a spoiler to say, uh, it's four main characters and it's established fairly early on so this guy is traveling around France trying to get back to England hitchhiking and you find out earlier on that there's a, a killer on the roads classic hitchhike killer so then the movie plays out it, it kind of plays off this idea that you never really know who is who and the four central characters the guy the girl and the parents uh, the old couple um Con- the movie constantly sort of swings back and forth with giving you red herrings. This person uh, says one thing, acts a different way, and it constantly sort of plays with your expectations of who is possibly a killer, who you know, yeah. who who's doing what. It is essentially what. a whodunit. Yeah, and I think that's what's also what made it interesting for me. It does keep you guessing, and then afterwards we were discussing it, and you know, what did this mean? What did that mean? I think there is a lot of stuff in there that's just there to keep you on your toes. Mm. It played a lot with language. Yeah. This one as well. It was the first one I think. Yeah. Out of started a, a semi-trend yeah and the but main guy played a lot with accent although i'm not sure that's entirely um intentional yeah he's from northern ireland oh really oh, yeah. interesting really? yeah which was just biz- i don't it was bizarre his, uh, <laughs> his accent yeah. he kept saying repeatedly that he was english and then he had this like a noticeable yeah irish accent yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. i was like what is he 
this is confusing. Why not? It's yeah. suspicious. Oh, why not just say he's from Ireland? Yeah. I just, it didn't. <laughs> embarrassed again. Maybe they, maybe that's in Cherry. True Fair enough. And didn't yeah. want. Didn't want yeah. We need to this one also had Barbara Crampton in it. She was the, sure did the um, playing more or less the same character. Yeah. Really? yeah, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought she was actually really good in. Well, I thought she was good in. Uh, we we're still, still here. here. I yeah. thought she was by far the worst thing in this film, and yeah. I felt a little bit embarrassed because Friday first, you know, you'll have they'll come in, they'll do the intros, and then they might leave the actors and directors and producers, um, and the audience doesn't really seem to give a shit if they're in the room or not, and they'll still laugh if there's a some you know some hammy acting. And she did some really yummy acting yeah. in this, peering around yeah. doors and lingering for too long and delivering some hokey dialogue. Um, mm. She was the French, weak link for uh, me. Very American way. Yeah. And then the coda at the end with, with her, which was pretty funny. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I thought I, it was good. Yeah, I think she was shit and the main guy was shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, well, you the, didn't like the main guy? No, the guy, the Irish guy. No, he's. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I thought but you the main the girl uh, okay. was was amazing, and the, the older, man. the yeah. old fella. The two yeah. French people in it were great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Irish and American. Yeah. Not so much. Um, I um, it's another one that I would like to watch again. It's yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's got the same mystery. Yeah, you, it's you interesting if it'll work better. If you can more differently. Yeah. The second also, time. Great eighties soundtrack. Yeah, that one had an eighties soundtrack as well. Yes. Had good cars too. They had good French cars. Good little cars. Um, yeah. Yeah, personally, I wouldn't want to see it again. I was fine. I enjoyed it enough, um, but I didn't. it didn't excite me in any way, which is why yeah. I gave it six. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up that day was... Inner Demon. Inner, no. It was, yep. was, was it? Inner Demon. Yeah. Looking at it. Uh, it's Inner Demon, yeah. Can't make this stuff yeah. up. Can't. Yeah, I can. Uh, inner Demon... I've actually forgotten all about this. Directed by Ursula Dabrowski. I think one of the only films directed by a woman um, this year, if not the only film directed by a woman yeah. this year. Uh, I gave this a four. It's an Australian film. I gave it a four as well. Five. Ooh. What? Mm, four. I think, yeah, four for me. <laughs> so, Katie, you go first. Um... Maybe, I don't know. Now looking back on it, and it's difficult when you start to look back on the films after you've seen them all, because in the moment, I don't know, maybe in light of averaging things out, I would have given it maybe a five. Um, because I, I did think the lead was good. Um, my issue was that I didn't really know anything about her, and therefore it was just another young person running through the woods screaming with blood over all over her. And it it's just simply a kind of cat and mouse sort of game that gets played it's this uh girl and her young sister are in a home house alone and they get kidnapped basically and it's revealed to you that several other girls have been missing from the area blah 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 and she gets away from them and runs to a cabin and then gets locked in the closet (laughs) and i know that that sounds like a weird analogy or a (laughs) synopsis but um she I, I, I thought it was going to go a certain direction and then it went way off the rails for me in a, in a way that I didn't really like. I didn't yeah. like the ending. There yep. were bits in the storyline that I really liked and I thought it was pretty in a, in a, like in a way it was shot. It was nice because there was a lot in the woods that I it thought was nice. It was shot nice. very much the like an Australian The light was really pretty. Film. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's just nice. There were but parts that I liked and then other parts that I was like, that like that. was All bullshit. All the Australian horror films look the same they really do it's the way they shoot stuff. like sweaty yeah yeah just sweaty yeah. and dirty and <laughs> yeah which is you know it looks it looks it looked good but yeah. it wasn't amazing yeah. right okay 
So no, there were there yeah. were parts I liked, but for the most part, I don't I wouldn't watch it again. And mm. yeah, just and it was simply because of the ending. I thought if it, it would have had a different ending, I would have liked it more. I honestly forgot it um, almost yeah. immediately afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was yeah. Uh, I agree. I was refreshed that it basically you get maybe two minutes at the beginning of the exposition, right. and then you're straight into it. Because uh, they kidnapped straight away at the beginning, which in some ways is refreshing, but in other ways, yeah, it's like you said, you, why do I care then? Because I know nothing yeah. about these people, and then there was nothing yeah. intelligent, like the script was so boringly written. There was nothing that then led you to understand anything else about them, to get in depth, or made you care. I was confused as to what happened to her little sister most of the movie. I didn't even know if she had been taken as well or not for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's two ridiculous, like, not to get into spoiler territories, but there's a bit very early on when she's in the trunk where there are two stupidly just preposterous things happen to do with holes in the yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you um, can't just say that. I can, <laughs> and I'll leave that image. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. And then another one later, where most of the film hinges around... it is. Most of the film hinges around a hole. Um, so <laughs> 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 I, I'm not even going to bother trying to dig myself out of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's just 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 preposterously circumstantial stuff, which just I don't know. And then it's it, if it gone really dark or done something more interesting with the crazy places it goes to at the end, then maybe it would have stood out and been okay. But it was just passable in my eyes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with in- you about like the characters not being built at the beginning, so you don't really have that connection with them yeah. at all. You don't so know anything really about them. No, literally nothing. nothing. Nope. Um, not even the, where their parents are. You know, nothing. Who works no. for his <laughs> no parents. It was no. interesting having a lead girl that young. That was yeah. different. Um, yeah, she was good. Tom, nothing really. Nah, nah, me, me. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't. You can't really talk about it without giving spoilers away. I like. Any you movie like the surprises in it though? I, no, I like movies that do that. I like the uh, I like the premise of it. I just don't think it did it in a convincing way. You spend so long. Uh, the first hour of the movie is just watching. It. It's almost without any dialogue. Just watching this girl yeah, in one run around the woods and then run around a house. Well, not, not even run around. It's basically yeah, just in one sit, location. Sit in a, yeah, sit in the closet. The yeah. And so I think it had once they kind of do what they do afterwards at that point I'd lost interest and mm-hmm. it was and wasn't really enough to keep me engaged yeah. or in a believable way I don't know it just didn't really a very forgettable film but not yeah. offensively bad no. in any not way but it was almost just like a I mean this is probably going to be really offensive to the director but it was almost like a I don't know like a, a student exercise it's like make yeah. a film that shows tension or make a film that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's in an enclosed yeah. environment yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which happened in a lot of films this time around. Yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah, lots of twists in the film. One of films those things you may appreciate more outside Fight Fest if you've not seen like other films that do exactly the same thing of starting off with one drama going on to another one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if they if they're done. I think if they're done more with it, but it just wasn't successful. I didn't find. Mm. Uh, so next up on Sunday was Slumlord, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was a European premiere, a debut film from writer director Viktor Sarkov. Um, starring a bunch of people. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Uh, uh, PJ McCabe, McCabe, I don't know. Sean Carrigan, Sarah Baldwin, Brian Moncrief. Brian. Brian. Sorry. Uh, again, it's about these newlyweds who have just moved into a house. They're clearly trying to patch together their fraying marriage. She's pregnant. Um, and their landlord, um, very obviously who is obviously creepy, creepy and evil uh, is setting up uh, little hidden cameras around the house 
already has when they moved in. Yeah, I already had, sorry. Um, and then it kind of plays out as uh, sort of a, you kind of get a dual story really because you're not sure what the landlord's intentions are or if he has an end game. Um, and then you get sucked into the kind of melodrama of their uh, marriage problems and things like that. Um, I gave this a 7.5. I gave it an 8.5. Oh, shit. Is that a high score so far for mm-hmm. anyone, I think? Okay. For me. I gave it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. Christopher. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, you didn't <laughs> oh, see it. Oh, that's no, right. Saying uh, the couch. Yeah. An accumulative Couch gets point. a mic. <clears throat> Give it a three. A three from Anna. Whoa. <laughs> Things just got interesting. Didn't like it at all. <clears throat> okay. Um, it may, probably mainly it suffered because it reminded me a lot of, um, from a couple of years ago, there was a film called Sleep Tight, a Spanish film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, remember which, that. The, was that, that the? Okay, so this... Is a whole bunch of stuff, but that was the the year where every film was about rape, and that was the film that broke the camel's back. And I just, ah, I hated it with every fiber of my being. So was, was that the one with the guy underneath the bed? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, So um, this kind of brought a lot of some themes from that back to me. Really, and I really didn't like it, okay. and also it was just grimy and dull. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, I think I would have found it a lot more interesting had it just been a melodrama about a relationship breaking up with just this dude on the outside like the landlord had so there's a denouement where things happen it would have been really interesting had they not just gone there if they'd just been kind of like <laughs> sorry apparently I'm not speaking you're to looking, the mic you're looking too cool with your mic <laughs> hey <laughs> I'm going to talk like... No, no. Um, yeah, so it'd be, it would have been really... I, I thought it would have been really interesting had they just had it as a melodrama. So you could... Because that was the thing that really absorbed me is that the, this couple's kind of breakup and their rocky relationship. Yeah. And had they just had this voyeuristic landlord and it had just been a story about their breakup with this voyeuristic landlord without the need for the two stories intermingling or a denouement, as it was, it kind of felt a bit like, well... It, it, yeah, it just it didn't, it didn't excite me much. Okay. It's not much. Okay. Would you give it a three though? Would you go that low? I, I gave it a four. Four. Okay. Okay. I agree, Russell. I I quite I, the reason I liked it was based on the strength of the relationship and the the drama that mm-hmm. was going on there. I think that, that kept me engaged, um, almost despite the the like you know the the creepy landlord looking on. It was almost that was okay yeah i know we're, we're ticking the horror boxes here but i'm quite happy just watching this play out i don't know if it's just because the actors were good or the script was good or it was just well so made the it was landlord a- as cartoon villains go is the most cartoony villain we had <laughs> no, this entire yeah. thing i mean he was yeah. ridiculous here's my massive problem so my massive problem with this was yeah one i didn't like the last scene personally i didn't like how it ended um and to him, yeah, he he was. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was. I thought he played it very very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he acted it superbly, but it was just it pisses me off. Um, and it recurred a lot this year. But when villains either cast as obviously evil and insidious, and no one would have anything to do with them, or just incredibly Prince Charming, you know, just like muscular, chiselled jawed like guys, I kind of feel, and particularly for something like this. I felt it was critically important for him to just look like an ordinary person um, because painting him that way is because I thought it was way more interesting to kind of get into, yeah, like an ordinary person might be tempted to do this setup and be perverse like that rather than it always has to be the obviously sweaty, nasty, you know. Interestingly enough, there's that um, Hammer revival film, The Resident, which oh. had a theme 
not dissimilar to what you described. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, which involved a, a landlord with cameras, and it was not as obvious as one mm. might have thought. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, that was that was my problem with this. I, I, I yeah, I thought the um, the drama aspects of it were quite intelligently observed um, for a relationship. Also, can we just say that the, the main character is just such a prick? Yeah. The entire. Oh, yeah. I'm sleeping with my secretary, and and damn, she's coming to my house, and she's threatening to break up my marriage. I don't think Spoilers. it's the fact that she's visiting your house that's <laughs> threatening to break up your marriage here. You yeah. prick. Yeah. Uh, but no, but it played it all really well. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, uh, and I actually, I really liked the build, and I liked not knowing necessarily whether if the landlord had intentions or not. I just didn't like how they culminated the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Katie, you really liked this movie. I really did. Um, I thought that it gave the best or I gave, it gave really great backstories to its characters and you, you didn't know a lot about them, I guess, which kind of negates what I just said, but it, you also kind of felt like you were on the ride with them and mm-hmm. you knew enough about them to be there with them. Um, I thought I had some of the best dialogue that I've seen in a film in a long, long time, like just believable, funny, acute, poignant things were said. And um, I agree about the, the, main villain character it would have been a really really great film had they put somebody in there i, I don't know why but like brian cranston from breaking yeah. bad or someone like that <laughs> no, kind of exactly sprung the to mind character. to where it's just enough like oddity but not creepy yeah um and then yeah i felt at the end at the very end it kind of took a nosedive for me but the at the heart of the story at the crux i really i enjoyed the story a lot He's just that character that at some point in the film, the police turn up because they're investigating something suspicious and they go to an obviously very suspicious location and he's just he's just there with them and they just take his word for it. And like, well, yeah, he just no, grunts you, you through most of it. Enough. Yeah. Let's leave this. Uh, you would never believe this yeah. man, ever. Um, Even they're like, what's that smell? Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, creepy old man. Why is this basement soundproofed? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, is, yeah. is that a thing though? Is that an American thing where it's like, uh, I move into a new house. What's behind that door? Oh, that's the owner's. No, like, well, that's you, I've you never even get, heard you, of that term before. You definitely do get that. Yeah, yeah. But imagine, I don't think like, it's an American. Imagine like moving in somewhere and no. there's a door I and you're, you don't know what's behind yeah. it because the owner only has access yeah, yeah. to it. What? No, Fuck I dig no. through everything. If somebody Fuck told no. me that that's and locked, I would be like, we're Yeah, but one of my one of the main drawbacks for me with this film was the fact that they discover that early on yeah and, then and it's just like about it. oh oh it's a it's stairs down to yeah, yeah, a room yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it's no, just agree. yeah fine I let's agree. leave yeah. that like, i agree completely on. yeah um, anyway. and there wasn't enough made of the tension it could have been between two characters when they're finally locked in a room <laughs> together for a little bit i thought that could have been much more mm. interesting anyway i wanted to see a cat fight yeah i did uh slumlord um yeah definitely split opinions a bit so but have a look uh the poster i don't think does it justice so. Uh, then we had I don't know how to pronounce this one anyone Scherzo Diabolico Scherzo is it see this is why I shouldn't go first Uh, this is UK premiere it's a new film from the guy who did Late Phases and Here Comes the Devil Um, it is a Spanish film well sorry Mexican film apologies Um, and it's about a frustrated and bored accountant waiting to improve his life status so he puts into action an ingenious plan Um, that I won't Oh, I don't know. Um, I give it a three point five. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. You really didn't like this one. Mm. I gave it a six. Okay, Mr. Thomas. I give it a five. Mr. Christopher. Yeah, I give it five. Mr. Sofa. Mr. and Miss. I apologize. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, five. 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 
Okay. But, it um, was just a, a just a solid movie. Like, didn't do anything amazing. Wasn't overly shit. Wasn't overly offensive. Just ticked all the boxes. You know, in a average kind of ticking way. Appallingly made. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked a bit cheap. It looked very cheap. Shot. I'll give you that. It was. Uh, it was yeah, not to be arsy about it from just a technical thing, but it's just I couldn't. The sound was fucking unlistenable in places. Yeah, the visuals awful. were horrible. They would move around the shot while they're shooting it, but only because they were just fidgeting, not because they hadn't. Mm. You know, were trying to reframe anything. Also, and sometimes I felt character motivations were were lacking or not. Oh, well, yeah. It, how it seemed to me, honestly, when you, when I stripped down the story for this, and I don't really want to get into it because the only good things from this come later on, and it's when you get some surprises, and it does. I genuinely think there's some good. There's a good narrative here. There's some interesting stuff that goes on in it. Um, I just... And it definitely gets better as it goes along. 100%. 100%. Uh, in my opinion. But it was just so fucking badly made. And I was really shocked because Late Faces we had last year. And granted, that was a year ago. So when they said he had a new film this year, I was, I was really surprised how quick that was. And in my opinion, it really shows. Because <laughs> this, this is a whole different... This is so many tears under how... Uh, Slick late phases looked. I didn't like late phases. I didn't really like it, but it looked like a f- movie. This <laughs> this looked like more like what you were saying earlier, but even more so to me. This genuinely looked like someone had an idea for something, and then they said to, in order to placehold, you know, this property IP or whatever, you need to go and make it make it this weekend, so then we can keep retain the rights. Kind of thing. That's how it felt to me. And then later on, they'd get to making it properly. It was just yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a great idea made really awfully. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention the uh, scene with the father later on is very funny. Which one? When he uh, oh, calls yeah. him. Oh, yeah. That is like the best <laughs> Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. That was quite funny. It's really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. his dad and the prostitute were like the best characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, there was one scene which um, I thought aesthetically was good, which yeah. was when he's having sex with a prostitute for the first um, the first time we see it. And it's shot it's like in a very interesting way for sex, which I hadn't seen before. And it was all blurry and... Mm. Yeah, interesting. It was shot from an emotional state rather than an objective <laughs> state, which was nice. No one cares enough to stand up for that film. So I get no, away with just lambasting yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. No, I like that. Let's <laughs> do more like that. I don't care. And the last film on Sunday, the penultimate day, was a UK premiere of a Christmas horror story. It was an anthology. I would argue it wasn't really an anthology because... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Russell and Anna were very happy because they like <laughs> anthologies and Christmas horror films. Um, it was shot... By uh, directed by Grant Harvey, Stephen Hoban, Brett Sullivan. Uh, one of the cast was William Shatner, um, and it's a Canadian film. And uh, I actually really enjoyed this. I gave it a seven, even though I hate anthologies. And I fucking hate. No, I like Christmas. I just don't generally <laughs> like Christmas horror films. But like I said, I don't really see this anthology because they didn't do it one short after another. They mix them all together and they all take place in the same town and all the stories interlink. So it feel and they're shot to look the same as well. So it really feels like one film. Yeah. Um, Katie? I went 7.5. I thought it was really fun. And Tom? I gave it 7. It is much better than it has any right to be. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Christopher. I will go with 7.5 as well. It was good. And the sofa. 7.5, yeah. 7.5 from the sofa. Yeah. Sounds right to me. So we all liked it. We just didn't think it was amazing. Yeah, basically. but it was one of those rare things where you do have an anthology where none of the parts were shit. Yeah, and I find that it was all spiced together. It meant it kept it 
you know, pace wise, yeah, you, you were, bored, you kept, yeah, uh, you knew you weren't going to spend any longer than a couple of minutes mm. in each yeah. sort of story anyway. So essentially you have a monster story, you have a haunted uh, ghosty story, you have uh, uh, Santa Claus yeah, killing people's Steam story zombie and story. what's the other one? Yeah, uh, yeah, the kind of yeah, the sort oh, of yeah. a sort of oh, yeah. demon, right. a demon. Just edit that out because I just spoiled the whole. Child. Yeah, yeah, the, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're all really great. Critically or crucially, 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 crucial, fucking hell, crucially. Words are hard. Crucially, crucially. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I was enjoying it, um, but the ending made it really stand out. I thought it had a great ending. That was hilarious. Yeah, and, yeah that was awesome. Um, really, yeah, gave some gravitas to me for the only the only bit that I was kind of not enjoying as much. Um, yeah, it turned it all around. William Shatner was great in it. William Shatner was, was, so like, he was funny. Yeah. He, was, he was really funny. He was really nice. And from what you were saying about it not being like a proper anthology, mm. it was basically the Christmas version of Trick or Treat, which I really loved. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was done in exactly the same way, but with Christmas. That's and true. I liked it a lot. That's <laughs> true. No, it was. Really good. Um, Okay. So well, it was like it was good. I mean, we'll come on to this with uh, Tales of Halloween, but it was one of those. It was it struck a good line between funny, amusing, entertaining without being crass or cheap or yeah. just a bit boring and with its sort of gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I think that was what I think it was a very intelligent way to do an anthology in terms of yeah, like you're saying, jumping between the the shorts so that yeah, one person's personality doesn't overbear you can't get bored of it yeah. in that way so when it is you know the funniness of wearing thin a bit you can move to the proper horror one and then mm. you can move to the more intriguing one and and back and forth um what's there out of interest is that people have an obvious favorite anthology film that they love ever yeah the amicus ones are quite high on my list which ones are those like um tales from the crypt oh, tales from, mm. the crypt. from beyond the grave from tales from the, the dark grave, side I think it's mine. from beyond the grave yeah. i don't think i've seen that one it's got some excellent peter cushing action okay Okay. So, like classic seventies schlock um, anthologies are my kind of the first VHS, possibly. Mm. Given that I don't really like anthologies, yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I still want I still want to edit together the best of the VHS <laughs> bits of all three into one thing. Um, but that was definitely for me in my top. So yeah. I actually preferred that to Trick or Treat personally. But, um, and then we had today, the last day. We haven't really discussed a lot of these movies, so this might no. be maybe a bit more interesting than, yeah. than, <laughs> than, Nothing else than the past hour and a half. <laughs> All right. We started off today with the UK premiere of a little film called Night Fair, which is a French film directed by Julien Serry, who did Yamakaze many, many years ago as part of the parkour movement in France. Um, this is where they build it as Maniac Cop meets Taxi Driver. Like almost every film this year, this was the film that certainly didn't hinge, but had an extra attribute of some surprises towards the end in terms of its genre. I uh, don't want to give those away, but we can obviously talk about the effect of them. So I give this 7.5. Eight for me. 6.5. Eight. Uh, 6.5. 6.5 from right. Russell. Is Anna, I mean, uh, she's shrugging. Um, yeah, 6.5, sounds good. 6.5, she's fine. <laughs> Tom. Uh, question for you, Al. If it, yes, you give it a what, 7.5? Yes, sir. If it didn't have the ending, would that score have changed? It would have been a 7. Right. Not dramatically. 
See, we can't talk about the ending, mm. but in a weird way, it's not really a spoiler in that I don't think it added anything no. really, other than what you said earlier, and that it makes it stand, it makes it a bit more memorable, and that I yeah. will remember this movie more because of how how it it's, decides to end. Yeah. But I don't think it added anything really to the film. I, I don't... It, uh, I think it, I agree with you in that it's unnecessary. I do think it adds, because obviously anything extra you put in it adds something to it, mm. um, and it radically changes what the villain is in the story to something completely different um which but then you get into that whole argument it's like is it better to understand somebody's motivations and backstory no, well, yeah well that's a personal taste thing but i'm saying yeah. it definitely still adds because it changes one of the characters completely yeah. when you get to that section um uh yeah i uh, it, for me it was you know it was see here's the thing it's oh, how do you describe it, describe it? The, the director came out and said they had the story and then after they'd shot everything, and this was done in a crazy, crazy amount of time. They they wrote it in four days, and then three months later, it was shot. Um, and he said it was what four five hundred thousand. I would presume euros. I don't know what. Um, so crazily low budget, and it looked beautiful. Um, it, it, not only looked beautiful, it was very reminiscent of Michael Mann. Lots of really pretty yeah. scenes. Yeah, a lot of Michael Mann. Yeah, and a lot of yeah, like the guy said Nicholas Winding, who did Drive and Only God Forgives and yeah. stuff. Um, very beautiful film, and considering the time frame, miraculously made. I think. Um, but yeah, it's, I thought it was just a very silly as a lot of those French films, you know, those type of French films are, um, but in a fun way. And then the ending for me, yeah, just made it stand out because it, it turned into a different genre of film, which I enjoy anyway. So I liked, um, yeah, the switch. Katie. What? <laughs> did you like my fair? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Cause from the description, it just seems kind of cut dry. and dry taxi driver sort of uh vibe to it where it's just you know scorn your taxi driver and you piss him off and then you have this card that chases you around for yeah you know, essentially it's more like it's not actually like maniac copper taxi driver. it's more like duel yeah it kind of was yeah. like to yeah. me it was yeah. sort of the vibe of taxi driver meets drive like with that kind of mm-hmm. but with a french yeah. pulsating soundtrack as well. a bit of supernaturalness in the, yeah. the, fact the taxi driver was always there so sure soon. oh yeah yeah like he's it's like it's a, kind of it's it's creepy in that it's not obviously supernatural, but it's a bit weird. It reminded me actually of how Spielberg later described his first film, Jewel, when he said he knew he was potentially going to get to do Jaws, and Jewel he always saw as yeah the shark as a car essentially. And I was watching this like that, and it really is because it just it I mean it literally circles them at times, mm-hmm. and then they'll be running one way, and it just appears around the alley, and it's just as if it swam underneath the ground and like yeah. Uh, reappeared it was nice to see just like the paris streets at night and deserted and completely deserted which is yeah. weird there wasn't one <laughs> single strange. pedestrian the Curiously entire film deserted. Some lovely time lapse shots in paris too. yeah 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 um, and some fun uh one of the shot the scenes in the apartment is very almost kill bill-esque with the samurai sword oh yeah that's what that's when you <laughs> yeah. realize oh this great. film's gonna be fun yeah. because up until that <laughs> point you're wondering where it's gonna go and then it just goes mm. crazy mm-hmm. suddenly in one scene yeah um but yeah, you, so you didn't like the twist very much. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I, I, I liked it. I liked. I liked how it was shot. I liked. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it didn't. It didn't um, make me like the film any less. Didn't take anything away. Yeah. I just don't. I just kind of thought, well, yeah, fine. I just don't. I, I would have if it had have ended uh, prior to that. Mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed it just as much. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. 
Cause yeah, I could see people either really loving it because of the ending, which obviously some people were. People went mm. crazy. And I could see some people hating it because they just think... No, I mean, it's know, not, why, like, why a, it's not like a Switchblade romance ending, which is... No, without well, ruins day, the integrity still. of everything <laughs> yeah. that came before. Whereas um, this just makes every the silliness more silly to the point yeah. of either you find it fun or you find it too it's, silly. It's given you information that you didn't necessarily need, but not to the point where it... Uh, to the de- it's to the detriment of what you've seen. Yeah, you can still. It's all valid what you've yeah. seen still. Yeah. Um, Chris, you got anything to say? You good? Uh, yeah, I I liked where it went. Um, I also liked. I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but I liked the uh, manga that yeah. they included in it. That's I thought cool. that was a really cool addition. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't think I finished my sentence. They added the end bit essentially long after. Well, about sorry, a month or two after production, um, they went and redid. A new whole bit of the ending, which is why oh, it, it does. It. Well, that's they what you said. So it does. It definitely does feel a bit disjointed, but for me, it works. Uh, so after Night Fair, we had uh, what do we have? Nina Forever. Nina Forever, the UK premiere. A very adorable English director who sort of shuffled on stage in an awkward, um, humble way. Directed by oh sorry, two directors. Apologize, Ben Blaine and Chris Blaine brothers. Um, it is about. Should I just read this? Um, Rob is a supermarket shelf filler who tried to kill himself after depression brought on by the sudden tragic death of his girlfriend Nina checkout girl Holly has a morbid fascination with pain and death and puts Rob on her want list sexual sparks fly and when they do finally get together there's just one problem even though she's dead sarcastic Nina has no intention of letting go of her ex but can Rob and Holly really cope with and with a forever revenant threesome um, so this was billed as yeah both funny and tender um, while also quite dark um I gave this a 7.5. Katie, what's that? I'm torn with this one because I absolutely loved it. However, uh, to me, this was not a horror film. Um, no, but just judge it as a film. I, I know, but I'm just like, it, it. it's weird to compare them to each other sometimes because so, yeah, 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 even though there was an exorbitant amount of blood in this, it was for a completely non-scary reason. Um, but I just thought that this story was really moving and in a lot of different ways. And I thought it was appealing um, in a multitude of directions. So what do you give it? I gave it an 8.5. Okay. Tom? Five. Tom Christopher, we come back to that, obviously. <laughs> Chris? Uh, I will give it a seven. Seven? Think, yeah. And I the am. couch? 7.5. 7.5. Yeah. Okay. So Tom, you obviously have the most polarizing. Yep. It's because apparently I'm uh, emotionally dead. Yeah, well, because so I'm sure you guys will talk about it. So it's it's a film primarily dealing in grief and uh, dealing with the loss of somebody and getting over that. And my it didn't make me I didn't emotionally respond to it in any way. Really, it didn't do anything for me other than I find it quite amusing. Which I don't. Well, I mean, a parts of it were funny, funny yeah. but I don't. I, I know that like that was the predominant sort of feeling I got from it. Which mm-hmm. you know, for a film that talks, it's a lot about grief and getting over somebody. It didn't really strike those chords with me. So I, while I admired it and I enjoyed it and it was interesting and I get what I was trying to do and I like the whole um, conceit of it and, the, and you know her sort of coming back from the dead and actually being there you know, physically present and, you know, her, the, the leftover blood from her being there is, has to be washed away and stuff like that. I mean, I liked all that. I just, for a movie that is so, uh, you know, dealing about emotion, it didn't get any real strong emotion out of me. So okay. I, this kind of... Was that at all because the lead character is kind of so 
passive about everything? Or? I don't, I don't, maybe, yeah, he doesn't ever really respond. He's quite numb, which, you know, we were chatting earlier about this. It's, you know, an interesting uh, choice, a directorial choice to make him respond that way, fine. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, me responding to it, uh, for, uh, you know, as an audience member watching the film didn't mm. move me in any real way. So. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I kind of agree. I, I thought the dialogue was great. I thought the setup was wonderful. I think it could have been on... Um, as a short film, but I'm glad it wasn't. But I feel in order for it, but I think everything I was discussing was fantastic. I thought it was very genuine. It obviously came from some very personal things from the writer directors. Um, and I thought it was one of the most intelligent dealings of grief in terms of it wasn't just talking about, oh, I'm really sad because someone died. It was talking about the effect that even has on the next people who enter your life and the repercussions of trauma and depression and how they can spread. And yeah, the central character being numb, I thought was fantastic because that's a very true trope of it. Whether that's interesting for an audience is a whole different discussion. So for me, it was a film where I, I thought it looked beautiful. I thought there were some very funny bits. I loved what it was doing with what it was discussing. And there was one particular scene in a restaurant towards the end, um, which for me was just spectacular. Um, but I would have liked something else there in the narrative to keep me compelled or wanting something to happen. Because mm. I just didn't know really what I was wanting to happen in it. I was enjoying what they were discussing. Um, but I don't know how valid that'll be for the majority of audiences. Yeah, I think for, weirdly for a movie that uh, in large parts features a bloody corpse, I kind of feel like I needed something a bit more visceral out of it. Mm. It wasn't, yeah, just didn't have that sort of intensity to it that yeah. I would have liked. That's mm. just me. So Katie, you, you, I mean, you gave it 8.5, so. Yeah, I mean, I just, and honestly, it's kind of strange because I don't, I don't know that I actually looked at it in the way that it was meant to be looked at. And to me, that was kind of cool because you can look at it in a couple of different ways. And to me, I, I looked at it as a way, it, it just struck me very interestingly to attack a topic of that gravity in a very surreal and not necessarily lighthearted, but a very realistic approach in the way mm. that he even described it where he's like, people do respond to grief in various ways. And you know, you get that very dark humor that really seeps into you and to everything and the people around you. You get horny, you get frustrated, you get sad, you get excited, you get happy and upset all in one day, in one hour. And you don't really know what your range of emotion is going to be. But I, I just loved the idea of this girl who's it's kind of a coming of age and coming into her own and understanding who she is in a very strange way because... Mm. She comes into it through a relationship that she just barrels into thinking that she can handle it. And in reality, she's completely unprepared for it. Yeah. So I kind of liked that you, you you come into a space with someone else and you have all of the history of those past relationships still within walls. Yeah, I didn't really appreciate how young she was until later on when she says yeah. it. And that I was kind of... Because, yeah, her character is very... Kind of, it's quite mysterious, really, what her intentions are. And I thought that was another one of the most adult things about it. And I don't want to get into spoilers, but some of the relationship changes in it really do well, do deal with even, you know, what people are in a relationship for and the reasons that she's in that relationship are mm -hmm. not necessarily the reasons that you might expect or that are the healthiest reasons. Um, but it was very honest with that kind of thing as well, yeah. which I thought was great. And I thought um, Fiona O'Shaughnessy was spectacular. Which one was she? She was the dead girlfriend. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, she was funny. She was great. Um, yeah, there you go. Nina forever. Yeah. Couch, that, you have anything to add? Worth, worth seeing though. No. Worth yeah, seeing. I mean definitely. Yeah, definitely worth seeing. Very, you know, definitely a, a unique and sincere film. Um, uh, next up was Curve, 
which was the world premiere. This is another Blumhouse film. We don't really need to speak much about this, do we? I, mean, I don't want to. It's directed, from the, yeah, it's directed yeah. from the director of Hackers and Inkheart and Backbeat, which was a great film. And uh, the, the Skeleton film? Key, yeah. yeah. The Skeleton Key. Mm. Um, and which I liked more than you did. Yeah, I just find it very bland, The Skeleton Key, but it was a damn sight better than this mm. film. I thought um, we should have taken shots every time the director said skeleton key when he was <laughs> presenting it. Uh, I gave, all he wanted to talk about. I gave this a five. I feel that was a little bit generous, personally. But yeah, I gave it a six, which I feel is gener- overly generous at this point. I gave it a six, which I'm comfortable with. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, I'll go six. Yep. Sofa couch. Yep. I give it a five, and I wonder whether it's time to realign my decision-making paradigm. <laughs> five is good. Five is correct. <laughs> Take yes. it back. Yeah, it was just very... Uh, for me, it was just so PG-13 tame <coughs> in every way with illogical actions, not enough. It's about a woman, basically, who meets a hitchhiker, and then she tries to get rid of the hitchhiker, gets into an accident, and gets trapped in her car, um, and he spends most of the movie taunting her, essentially. Yeah, it's almost um, like the guy was writing uh, like a hitchhiker-style movie, and then... Uh, whilst doing so, watch that uh, Franco movie, 172 yeah. hours, oh, yeah, 127, 127 hours. yeah, whatever. Watch, yeah. watch that, and then I said, "Oh, okay," and I'll add that into my script. Which could have been cool bit. because at the beginning it just seemed so boring. Oh, great! It's not a fucking hitchhiker movie. And pers- yeah. Personally, I know you, you quite liked him, but personally, I hated the guy who was playing the the baddie in this. Um, Did I say like? Yeah, because like yeah, when we came out, you said you didn't mind him. I hate it. You did. Like, oh, I said I hated that guy. Um, the guy. Yeah, when we were walking. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh. Do oh, well, like I didn't like when he takes his top off. No, 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 no. I just didn't. I just didn't like him because he, he falls into that category that I was talking about earlier, Chisel George. Literally, like he man. Yeah, um, and I just didn't. I just find him so unthreatening and just annoying. He was like when you get those um, who done it in slasher films. He's very tall. <laughs> but when you got those slasher films in the 90s and the killer would be scary until they take the mask off at the end you just oh it's just that fucking prat and it's not scary anymore now it'd always be the bit you're not looking forward to whereas this it was right from the off oh it's just that prat like it's just not scary yeah for me what anyway. prat mean prat <laughs> idiot I don't prick um, but I don't know prat yeah. um, and it was just very tame and very yeah d- I mean d- I, d- I like the bit so a lot of the main chunk of the movie is her trapped in her car Mm-hmm. for several days mm-hmm. and I, I quite like that because it wasn't what I was expecting but I think it could have been cool and that's what I found more offensive about it is when a movie mm-hmm. like this made by someone who's been around for decades and he directed it really poorly um, and yeah there's just not enough invention at all it's just so soulless you know I find it mm-hmm. more offensive in a way than some of the really shitty films like yeah, 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 give that. Uh, and then we're into the last two films of the festival which we just got out of uh, one was the UK premiere Emily um, which I'm trying to recall now. Yes, I remember. Yep. Um, <laughs> this is a USA film. Um, it is about a babysitter. Um, so basically, this couple go out to celebrate their anniversary. They leave their three kids at home with a new babysitter, um, but she potentially has nefarious intentions. Um, I gave this a seven. Gave it a five. Mm. I'm really torn with this. I've I've marked it down to a five, but um this was such a film in two halves like the, uh, half of it i probably would have given an eight and then it just mm. collapses Interesting. spectacularly Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Christopher? um i will go with a six i think i um i liked the beginning i liked um the way uh, the children were awesome the way they yeah, were. yeah the children the ch- child all acting. of my points are for the children yeah um but then yeah towards the end it just becomes really confused the action sequences are just 
like at some point you have no idea where they are in the house. I couldn't figure it out, but maybe I was just uh, sleepy. Well, that'll, be, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be the drink. Yeah. Affecting your judgment. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, couch. 5.5. Interesting. Okay, so I was the most um, generous. Yeah. With this one. So Tom, what did you love and hate about? I love the first half. I love the setup. I love the um, the 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 whole. Um, you know, the, the premise. The babysitter is you know evil, um, and the scenes. I love the sort of the way it toyed with the how she toyed with the kids in kind of ways that were sinister without being overly... It's because you don't know how evil she is. Exactly. Which so is really cool. Yeah, and all those little yeah. bits that she does, you know, I'm not giving any spoilers away, but the the things she does or she makes the kids do is all is completely, you know, wrong and, and yeah. nasty, but it's it's, it's just, just borderline. It, borderline, yeah, and I really yeah. love that. And the scene where she puts on the video, yeah, I thought was, so was, was brilliant. <laughs> I was looking for her knees. was <laughs> absolutely brilliant. It was one of the only scenes of all Fright Fest that made me uncomfortable, but in a good way, and that yeah. it was like, okay, this is different. I haven't seen this before. This is quite, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is, I got a real kind of um, horror enjoyment out of this. But then it just, the second half, just, it, uh, just Devolved. goes nowhere. It falls a bit. It's a mess. You don't know what's going on. What? Yeah. And it has one of the worst endings of any of the films I've seen this weekend. Yeah. It's the just botched. Yeah. I couldn't actually believe just the whole ending or the last the shot the, the 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 climax, <laughs> as it were, of of the, of the of the of the tension. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> And with the with the garage, I I, I genuinely <laughs> yeah. thought. Oh really? That oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that was ridiculous. Something had gone wrong, or it was gonna be a. I I couldn't believe what I was seeing was the final version. Like the director just said, "This is how I'm gonna. This is how this is gonna work." Even yeah. if, even the editing, even the director, it, I was shocked at yeah, how yeah, bad yeah. it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Basically, is everyone okay? You feel in the same way, I guess. You gave us a low, low, well, along with the couch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just honestly, it besides. <laughs> save the 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 different things like the different approach they took to the evil quote-unquote evil babysitter i thought that her volatile because she obviously walked into that house under bad circumstances like you knew as a a, um, like an omniscient viewer that she wasn't supposed to be there um but up and i mean she just kind of had this very blunt dead look to her yeah well, she even when yeah, yeah. She, and her character was really great and engrossing and she built a lot of tension but i think that was the only thing that interested me through mm-hmm. the whole thing so it was the build essentially well yeah like those enjoyed. weird things that she would do because normally you'd have those those mean babysitter or odd babysitter ones but and they would do strange things but it would go a very different route and this one i did think that it was innovative and i thought that they chose very interesting conceptual ideas to make her you know how the kids do or how she reacted to things or how she spoke to the kids and i thought it was good but yeah then the story just disintegrated for me yeah Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i I agree completely i go i didn't i mean i yeah i agree completely in that the build is by far the best thing yeah Um, and to her kind of incision into the family i think is superb um, very well directed, very well played, very patient Mm -hmm. and interesting it almost reminded me of um house of the devil that first half yeah that's yeah. quite quite I happy being slow and like, steady and creepy and you know and building gradually. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I yeah. thought it was expertly 
directed and that around edited and that around yeah i agree the ending is the problem um for mm-hmm. me it was just yeah they were shooting really close up so you can tell what's going on it was too dark yeah it's almost like it was rushed um, it's like it was oh shit we need to film we need stuff. to finish the film now yeah. oh, shit like that's no, doing five minutes it just felt like a director who was excellent at drama and not good at action yeah possibly um yeah. and maybe he'll get better action i really hope so because he definitely has talent yeah. um but yeah, a real shame. I mean, I didn't the actual, the actual, end, actual ending. Actual ending as much as you guys did. Um, but just, yeah. Was, um, but yeah, I'd still give it a seven just because I loved enough of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't um, think those so. kids were related based on what we were talking about. They were no. spectacular. They acted together phenomenally. The little, the little oh, boy mm-hmm. in it in particular. And it wasn't really it was him fantastic. that you have to say spectacular. That's when you have to say the director is fantastic. Because yeah. however, yeah. he just... Because that's what we were saying before. So like the older kid, he would have to sit down and explain things in a way they can understand and sure. direct him because he had a lot to handle. And then the girl probably in between and then the young kid he just had to wind him up and let him go yeah, and he was, controlling yeah. that is gotta be tough so that right. was um, that <laughs> yeah. was very Amazing. well handled the final film of Fright Fest 2015 was the European mm. premiere of a much typed film called Tales of Halloween it is an anthology and this time more of a traditional anthology uh, 10 short films directed by 11 directors two of them uh, uh, joined up to do one of them with a whole massive cast of cameos and stuff, uh, most of which I'll be honest, I didn't catch on with. Mm. Lots um, of Fright Fest regulars in the direction yeah. Yeah, and yeah, acting. Yeah. I got Adam Green. So <laughs> um, I could read off all the directors, but there's a lot. So just go on IMDb. So um, 11. Or the most notable are people like Lucky McGee and Neil Marshall um, and Mike Mendez, um, who directed something else this year, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. Um, this is yeah exactly what it sounds like. Tells of Halloween. It's it's ten Halloween themed um, short films in a row that all tie into the same town, so they do have a theme um, and the same night, and they do kind of tie together in Neil Marshall's piece, which was the last one, and he kind of strings them to get, yeah into one piece a bit. Um, I gave this a three. Okay, good. So I, <laughs> I didn't. I was torn because I didn't know <laughs> what. I, this is what I thought the Christmas horror story was going to look like. And then mm-hmm. the Christmas horror story, I was like really pleasantly surprised with it. And I really enjoyed it. This one, I, I felt like newbie horror directors had put this yeah. together. We'll like they to gave it to <laughs> film students. What so would you give it? I don't, I don't even know. Like four. Let's okay. say four. Tom. Four. Okay. Chris. Yeah, four. <laughs> and our anthology, uh, uh, my, what, I don't know what to call you, uh, aficionados. Six. Yeah. Six yeah, from Anna as well. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. If you had a mic, I'd ask you more about why. This. Go on. Yeah, because it was fun. I don't think I it, was it was good fun. fun. It was all right. I thought it was piece of trash. Um, <laughs> oh. I didn't find any of it fun. I just kept falling asleep. I found the last one. So why did you get three fun. then? Where's three? Yeah, from? I could go a lot. I've seen a lot worse, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But it was just, so I found it, I woke up a bit for the little alien because that was weird. That was, yeah. um, <laughs> And I woke up for the last piece because I was looking forward to Neil Marshall and he obviously didn't do what I was expecting, but he still had fun with it. But it was basically Attack of the Killer Tomatoes with a pumpkin mm-hmm. um, and yeah. not, as, not as fun as Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, and all the rest I already can't remember and I found most of them just really annoying. Oh, the one you were talking about, Tom, earlier, the second one, I think, with the, oh, the yeah. rampage was the kind of fun. The kid owns the night. Yeah, that, that was all right. Like, um, that was good, that was yeah. Good. But I didn't, I didn't think any of them were actually good. I didn't... And it's what we were saying. So as we were coming out, we were talking about it and I just... These are meant to be... This is like billed as... What does it say on the poster? 
visionary directors of horror. And a lot of these people have done notable horror films, whether they're good or not. It's, you know, subjective. I just, I, for me, it's just embarrassing. That, <laughs> that these are meant to be the cream of the crop horror directors and this is how much effort they bother to put into something like well, this. Well, yeah. So this is, like, I mean, as Fright Fest regulars, like any other Fright Fest regulars this is, listen to this would probably give us an awful lot of shit for this. And this is almost sacrilege to say because these guys, this film is almost like a culmination of Fright Fest over the years. Nearly yeah. every director... And I, well, many directors in this movie have had films at Fright Fest, are part of the Fright Fest fabric. Yep. That's great. Life. And everybody loves it and they'll cheer when they come on, do QAs, and no, that's great and brilliant. Happy days. And some of them have done okay films. And so this was very much seemed like a celebration of that. Like, let's all get together and watch these guys make a movie. And it's like, I'm sorry, but like, they're just not that good. And it's like, right. I'm, it feels a little bit like they're, it's a bit too much backslapping going on. It's like, guys, you haven't actually made that many good films. Yeah. And you, you are, you pay so much uh, respect and reverence to the, the horror greats and you never shut up and you reference them in your movies and Carpenter and, and Cronenberg and everybody else. And that's fine, but you haven't actually done them any justice. Second, yeah. And if this is, and well, yeah, but if this is like, guys, you can, let's all get together. We're all friends. We all hang out at each other's Halloween parties and, you know, have fun and stuff. And let's just do this and let's make our wildest ideas and shorts and put to make it into an anthology. It's like, if that's, this is the best you can come up with, like, yeah. this is it. Like, you can do whatever you want. Yep. And this is it. I'm sorry, but you know, there's got to be younger, you know, hunger filmmakers yeah. who have better ideas because there wasn't a single good idea really in that whole anthology. No, nothing remotely interesting, over. or they hadn't been done before, or um, yeah, idea. No, I agree, hundred mm. percent. It's just a little bit depressing. It's, it's like you know, at some point we have to stop, you know, congratulating all these guys for just being horror geeks. Yeah, for basically being passionate fans. Yeah, weren't able to make a movie. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, you know, like somebody like Adam Green now is now kind of you know noticeable by his absence at Fright Fest now because yeah, yeah he made Hatchet, which was fun. He made Frozen, which was very good, mm-hmm. and doesn't really come back to Fright Fest anymore because he doesn't make any good films no, so much. I remember anymore. when they did. So they came year after year, and that was what we were talking about earlier. The golden years for me of Fright Fest because yeah. he had you know theme of year. And Joe, what was the second name? Joe Lynch. Joe, Joe Lynch, and Joe Lynch seemed like absolutely lovely guy. Arguably a more lovely guy than Adam Green. Um, and loads of fun to have at Fright Fest. Seemed like a great, great guy. He became famous with us after doing what was it? Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn Two. Two. Was it? That two? was the. Uh, was it was two? two? That was the only was film he had made at that point. And then yeah. he spent what eight years to make Nights of Bad Aston. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I have seen it. It's yeah. really bad, isn't it? It's really bad. It's entertaining, <laughs> but it's very bad. Um, better than Wrong Turn Two, though. Um, I disagree. Really? Nah. Wrong Turn Two has uh, Hank Rollins in it. Oh, that's true. Oh. That's true. Uh, but yeah, but that was just always an example of you to, at some point it became embarrassing how much we were bigging up these people who had made one film that was a sequel to a not very good movie to begin with. Yeah. And that's kind of the state of the horror um, yeah, industry. Well, like, give, given my rant and given that Russell's been going longer than I have, <laughs> do you want to stick up for the Fright Fest uh, regular directors based on what I've just ranted about? No, it's not a fight I want to have. There's not a, I, I, I think it's a nuanced discussion which at this time in the evening, what, almost two? <laughs> yeah. I can't be, I, I can't make that nuanced discussion. I mean, there are, there are some some directors to whom that applies. Probably there are others that it is not. But I, I forget. But is there any such thing really as a Fight Fest regular director? The most we had was Adam and Joe. They did what four years in a row and then mm-hmm. stopped. So actually. 
But this is the thing, regardless of even the whole industry, obviously there are great horror uh, films out there. There are tons of great horror films out there. Um, whether the directors stay in horror or not is a different matter. But in terms of, yeah, these are some of the golden names now that Frightful Associate and the horror industry owner uh, associate and the horror fans associate with the modern sort of you know, landscape of horror. That regardless of if you found it fun or not, that this was the best they could do is a bit embarrassing when you consider the last generations oh, yeah. of horror directors. You're, you're assuming they had the budget they wanted. And they no, not at all. That shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't, like from horror is one of the greatest genres because budget restrictions create, like breed more creativity into those films. You take that into consideration and you get inventive and you, you really think and come up with interesting, scary ideas and less is more a lot of the time. Um, and instead, none of these guys was when I want to say girls, but I don't think there's any girl directors uh, here. Axel. Oh, there's Axel. Yeah, yeah sorry, that's fine. The, the, the producer. Yeah. I apologize. Um, which one did she do? Is she Neil Marshall's wife? She the blonde girl who yeah, was there before, yeah. Yeah. Um Which one did she direct? I don't remember. <laughs> she did the one with the ghost. The one with the, the ghost. Yeah, the smiling ghost. The woman oh. walking home alone. Uh, oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, that was short and sweet. Yeah, um, yeah I, for me, it is just embarrassing. It is. And particularly made more. I mean, I'm always going on about, I don't think yet, as I said at the beginning of all this, that the horror directors, uh, the masters of horror are necessarily all that. Um, and Wes Craven was one of the few who really, truly was. So it's, a, it's so sad to lose him. Um, but the, yeah, the modern landscape looks even scarier yeah. for me. To be, to, you know, to, to be fair, I, I sat through it happily enough. I did, you know. I really didn't. I yeah, I, there's no right. possible way I would have got past the first minute of that if I was at home on my own. Just from the fucking opening with the really, like, horrible looking Google Maps fucking fold out stuff. And <laughs> font, And then these weird images of people that have been polarized a bit and slowed down and stuttery. It was just so horrible. It's nice to end on a positive note, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> it's all joyous. I just couldn't. I, like I said, I don't like anthology movies, so it's not for me anyway. But they proved you can do it great with the Christmas horror story yeah, the day before. That's what I was going to say. And that was part of my problem this year was just with the programming. They know what, you know, we all sync up for the first film. We all sync up for the last film. I appreciate everything else is jumbled. I get it's a mess. It's not really their fault. It's just how it's ended up. Mm. How they started and ended with those films, I just don't know. Mm. I just can't comprehend it personally. Um, but there you go. I didn't really like the wrap-up one. I didn't really find it to be a good payoff. Wrap what do you mean? The, of the last film of this. Like the whole thing of it being an anthology and then it's like, oh, and the last film is going to wrap up. Oh, bring together. it all together. The pumpkin. Yeah. No, I mean, they kind of no, just said, didn't. oh, and then there's other no, things. Oh, yeah. No, it didn't on. really bring it together, but no. at least let you know it was all happening at the same time. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. So there you go. That was Fest 2015. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, just pick out then your, your favorite five films. For me, it was Turbo Kid, undoubtedly, Jerusalem, Shut In, Slumlord, and Night Fair, probably. Those are my five. Anyone else want to go? Based on what I've marked, um, my top five is Turbo Kid, We're Still Here, Shut In, Rabbit Dogs, and bizarrely, the Xmas, uh, sorry, Christmas Horror. Ah, one. There you go. Nice. Anyone else? Um, <laughs> mine looks riveting. to be <laughs> Turbo Kid, which seems to be a fan favorite here. Um, Deathgasm. Slumlord, Nina Forever, and Nightfair. Okay, I will go uh, Turbo Kid, uh, Jerusalem, uh, We Are Still Here, Rabid Dogs, and A Christmas Horror Story. Cool. Yeah. So definitely see Turbo Kid. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Um, anyone got anything else to say for Roll Fine? Well, yeah, just that uh, Turbo Kid also had my third um, girl of the festival. Oh, yeah, quickly. Do we get to hear your girls? Come on, give us your girls. <laughs> well, it was just that the, the, the three was um, uh, shot in. Is this in order? Mm, I haven't really done order. Well, let's... Oh, yeah. they have little hearts Just doesn't care them. like he used yeah. to. That's adorable. So I did... So I did, yeah, the... the um, the uh, the agoraphobia woman from Shut In, <laughs> yeah, the good choice, uh, good choice. lovely French uh, lady from Road Games, and the uh, <laughs> the the, the manic pixie dream girl from uh, Turbo oh, Kid. Oh yeah, she's awesome. You I like don't the know, crazy I'm ones. Is <laughs> what we're yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all all blonde this year, which yeah. is well, oh, yeah, there were a lot of blonde ladies this year. Loads, disturbing yeah. amount. Yeah. So that was Fright Fest 2015. Thank you for sticking uh, with us. Uh, if you want to learn any more, you can head on over to our parents' site. We are tessellate2ss2ls.com in September. For now, Movie Murmurs, our sister site, is where we're hosting everything. We are at Tessellate uh, and all the social medias, so you can give us a shout on Twitter. Um, you can talk to me personally, <laughs> at Mr. Al White, Chris Draver. You can talk to him. Yep. Oh, at Chris underscore Straver. There you go. If you want to talk to Katie Watson, at Watson Dearest. Do you want anyone to talk to you, Tom, or you would rather people then? Uh, well, I would. Nobody will understand my uh, handle if I say at Down in Autumn. So <laughs> at Down in Autumn for Tom. <laughs> yeah. That's his uh, band name. Um, you guys. No, no tweets. <laughs> okay. If you want to talk to Ross and Anna, tough shit. <laughs> um, yep, and we'll do this probably again next year. <laughs> <And> we're out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>